I'll have what she's having. I love relationships. I love romantic comedies. I love love. We don't know what Cinderella looked like because she's not real. Yes, they freaking got it. Really earn that happily ever after at the end. Change the writing. It's not that hard. Hello, all you hopeful romantics, and welcome to What She's Having, presented by Meet Cute. I'm your host, Ashley Eskew, and my guest today is Betsy Newman. Betsy's a lifestyle photographer, a commercial photographer, and a wedding photographer, so she does know a thing or two about love. She's based here in Los Angeles, but her work takes her all over the world. Ugh life of this woman. I'm so jealous. Betsy began as the official tour photographer for Maroon 5, and she has, I don't know, covered every music festival and 34 other concerts since. She's been on the road with One Direction, One Republic, Charlie Puth, and most recently, even Trevor Noah. We talk about a ton of Betsy's stories that she captures from behind the lens, her work with celebrities, and also just what makes this amazing woman so... Okay, well, amazing. (laughs) I am so lucky to share with you all Betsy Newman. Your house is so gorgeous. Oh, thanks. This is my office. It's like quintessentially you. It's so light and airy and beautiful. Well, I know how to find the good light. I go to a window, you know, so that's my secret. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you're here today. I know you have such an interesting origin story with where you grew up and how you got to Los Angeles. Would you mind sharing that with us? Yeah, so it's a little bit unconventional. It's crazy. So in high school, when I was 16, I told my parents, I need to be in Los Angeles. I want to pursue acting. And after many months of family conversations, they were like, all right, we're going to let her try this out. So I set up all these meetings on my own when I was 16. And I came out here. Before you go on, was there a turning point, something you said to your parents that allowed them? Like, I know Emma Stone has her now famous PowerPoint she did for her parents. Is there something you did to convince them? Yes, and we actually took the same PowerPoint class. She went to my same high school in Scottsdale, by the way. But I heard her story and I was like, well, I want to do this too. I think it's my time to tell my parents. I need to present to them as well. Yes. So I had a similar story. I did. I sat them down. I'm like, look, this is what I want to do. And the turning point, I think they just really saw how serious I was and what a good student I was. I was kind of a nerd. I was very into school and I was a good girl. So I think they trusted me to come out here and be able to focus on my dreams. I mean, that says a lot about how much a parent's trust can influence someone's life. It's true because if you meet my family, they are very, we're very close. Like I'll go to the grocery store when I'm home and she's like, stay next to me. I'm like, mom, you let me move by myself to LA when I was 16. They're very overprotective, which it's, I don't know how they let me do this. Yeah. I was very focused. Oh, I can attest to that. Betsy called me ahead of this, just wanting me to talk her through the interview. And I was telling everyone at Meet Cute how just an adorable human you were, because I could hear how voraciously you were typing. Either you were multitasking or typing notes. And I was like, this is the most adorable human (laughs) who cares so much. And I adore her. (laughs) I do care a lot about everything and people. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm over the top, so... (laughs) 
by the way, over the top is just in the right place for me. So I love that. I know. That's why we always get along. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, this love of people could have manifested in a lot of ways. How and why do you think it turned into photography? I, I just always loved capturing people and bringing out their beauty and making them feel amazing. I love complimenting people. Like even just as a human, anywhere I go, I go up to strangers. You're glowing today. Or I just love to make people feel good. It's like very addicting. I just, anything I think I let people know immediately if it's something positive because you never know how that could impact them. And I know I need a lot of that. <laughs> so I treat people how I want to be treated. So I'm always just trying to lift people up. And so photography, I think, was just this perfect translation of that where I can capture people and make them feel amazing and seen and heard. And it's actually, it's really incredible the responses I'll get after I send somebody their pictures, like from a wedding, let's say, like they'll call me crying and they're just so moved. It's so gratifying just to be able to give people these memories and make them feel seen. So is there a particular compliment or comment that has stuck with you throughout the years? Oh my gosh, that's tricky. I, I know like one time I was at an opera with Michael, my now fiance, and I complimented an elder lady on her gown. And I guess she came up to Michael later and was like, your girlfriend made my night. I needed to hear that so badly. And I just feel so beautiful. And you're such a lucky guy. I feel like I may have heard that story before. Did that happen to happen in Vienna? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You are actually a real life princess. You have been to a ball. That was amazing. Yeah, that was so random. We just went to Vienna for New Year's and truly Googled what to do in Vienna on New Year's and going to a ball was the top answer that we kept finding. So we just booked tickets for a ball. I think if anything, that's really good affirmation that your life is kind of what you make it. I think of a ball as a thing that no one ever actually gets to. It's only in fairy tales and you literally... I just bought a ticket. <laughs> You know, I got messages like, how did you get invited to this ball? Like, who were you with? Were you with a prince? I'm like, no, I Googled this. I just bought a ticket online. You can go too. <laughs> oh, you know, you're one of those people. You seem to know everyone in either our communal circles, but also just celebrities. What qualities do you think were instilled in you that makes you such a connector and a connection for so many people? Hmm, that's a good question. Through my job, I get to meet so many interesting people and they typically remain my friends. So it's just kind of become this amazing world of humans that I get to interact with. I'm not really sure. I think it's just part of my personality. Michael jokes that I have the same personality as our golden retriever. <laughs> You're like the living Mr. Peanut Butter from BoJack. I don't know that reference. You haven't seen BoJack Horseman? No. Oh, please watch it. You're more intelligent than Mr. Peanut Butter. Let me say that up front. Although he did go to Northwestern, which is my alma mater. But he sees the world through this rose-colored lens of love for everyone. Oh, I love that. That That is kind of how, how I am, I think. I mean, I hope to be that way. I can attest that you are. I think that's interesting that at 16, you were forced to be in a different environment. Do you think that's where you picked up a lot of these skills, making new friends at 16, a new high school without your parents there? I had to become very comfortable with being uncomfortable. Moving here on my own at 16 made me very adaptable. Like I can be in any situation and quickly put myself at ease. It's I'm always trying to make other people comfortable. <laughs> 
And that helped too. When I was living on a tour bus, my first tour, I, you know, I was like a fish out of water in this new experience living on a bus. Well, your first job as a photographer was touring with Maroon 5. Yeah, that was my first big job. Okay, your first big job. So I'd love to hear the baby steps that led to that and then some of your experience on the tour. Honestly, the way it happened in college, a friend from USC asked me if I wanted to go and photograph a festival in Austin, Texas. And so I'm like, sounds great. Sign me up. So I went and I was on stage with the bands. I didn't know any of the rules. It was like this beautiful bliss. I was literally standing behind the musicians because I just didn't know what I was doing. And to this day, I've never had as good of access as my first festival. (laughs) And who were you standing by? (laughs) Who did you accidentally end up next to? Tegan and Sarah. I remember being on the main stage right behind Tegan. And, I mean, I was, I was stealthy. I was squatting and I was like sweating in the corner, but I definitely was on the stage with them. And you're supposed to be in the photo pit in front. And I remember whispering to someone next to me, like, Hey, how'd you get up here? And they looked at me like, I don't think you're supposed to be here. And I realized just to keep my mouth shut and just keep taking pictures. But that weekend, honestly, saying yes to that opportunity is what led to the Maroon 5 tour. Because a year later, this man who was the CEO of a marketing company reached out. The email happened to be in my junk email. And he was like, I think you'd be perfect for this new opportunity as a tour documentarian. I was like, a tour? What? Like, what does this involve? Does this involve travel? I need to be in LA. I'm pursuing acting. Documentarian, what does this mean? So I go in for the interview and And I remember it was very intimidating. There were probably 10 people sitting there in a conference room looking at me, asking me why I should be on this tour. And I quickly learned it was for Maroon 5. And to be very honest, deep down, I was like, I don't know why I should be on this tour. This is my first big job, but I fought for it. I convinced them that I was the right person for this. What did you say? I think a lot of it had to do with being professional, honestly, because they were very concerned to have a fan on the tour. They were like, we need to know how you conduct yourself. You know, this is going to be a male dominated tour. You're going to be one of the only women you're representing the brand. It was for the Honda Civic tour. So they were like, you're representing Honda. We need to know that you're going to, you're going to be professional. And and I, I, I was like, look, I could care less. I am not a fan. I I really wasn't. And I was like, I, I just want to take beautiful photos. And I think they, they knew pretty clearly that I was the right person for it. But when I started, it definitely was a sink or swim situation. They kind of just like put me on that bus and it was like, we'll see how you do. And it was a lot of pressure. I remember being terrified at first. It was scary. Did you ever share that story with the guys? Because I assume you guys built a relationship being on a tour together. Yeah. I'm I'm just imagining, did you ever tell them the story that you were like, I could care less? And that's how you got <laughs> I know that sounds bad. It's not that I don't respect them. I'm just, I've never been like a fangirl. I guess it's exciting when you have a celebrity, but it's, they're just human. So that's kind of how I treat it. So no, I never told them that, but we weren't on the same bus, by the way, there were 12 buses on the tour. And so I was on a bus with 13 people on a 12 bunk bus. So you can imagine we were completely crammed and every night I would be editing while everyone else would go to bed. It was a grind. It was crazy. We did 34 cities in three months shooting the exact same show. So it was this wonderful opportunity to really get to know a show and when Adam Levine would jump and when he would, you know, I I knew that show down to a T. I love that. Were there any songs that you came to love when you were on that tour? Oh yeah. There was this blackout moment before the encore. And, um, this just song is dark. Oh my gosh. I'm the worst. Let me, <laughs> oh my God. Guys, she could care less. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. 
I know fans would whisper to me like before the show and you in the blackout because I was in the pit they'd be like what's the set list and I was like I don't know like I knew the show very well from a visual standpoint but I I wasn't I knew exactly what was going to happen when like the cannonballs would go off when there would be fireworks I knew all of that but I didn't I didn't know all the words to the songs or anything like that you know as you're talking you've described yourself as an extrovert but then you're also describing editing alone like after everyone's gone to bed I feel like there's a real intro part of the job of being a photographer. It's true. Are there things you that you can see behind the lens that you can't see without your lens in real life? You're right. It, I do love how this job, it has a balance of both. It's true. Like, cause even an extrovert needs to refuel alone. So I love my editing. I put on my candles. I got my music. Like that's a whole moment that I get to just be with myself in these pictures. But I feel like I just, I'm really aware of energy and I'm just constantly reading a room. And when you're behind a lens, you're kind of like a fly on the wall. So you get to really be somewhere without being noticed and you just get to observe people. So I feel like you can sense when people are going to do something before they even do it. And that's what helps get great photos too. Yeah, it's kind of a cool way to look through the world. I would have thought it was more scientific. The lights here, the body positioned are here, and it really sounds more kinesthetic and intrinsic, your process when you're shooting. Yeah, it's a mix. I mean, I'm constantly changing my settings, but that's also kind of innate from doing it so much. I'm constantly changing my shutter, changing my aperture, changing my ISO, but that's like going on in the background very quickly. It's a lot of things happening at once. What have you noticed specifically about love when you're looking through that lens? I love love. That's what I live for. I love to document love. And that's what I always tell couples before their day, they'll be nervous or concerned maybe about, you know, the shot list or certain thing. I'm like, don't worry about that. Like my job is to capture you and your love. Like as long as you're together and you're happy, that makes for the best photos. Are there any cues that you have noticed about love behind your lens you didn't before you were a photographer? What do you mean? Like, I want to help answer this. Well, you said you pick up on energy. Mm -hmm. You said you're picking up on cues. I'm wondering specifically what you've learned about love from this gif. What kind of energy exists when two people are in love? Or is there any nuance to what you're talking about? I shoot all ages, every type of type of every type of love, really. And so it's really cool to just see how two people interact. But some people are incredibly affectionate. Others, you know, they're more polite with each other. It's everyone has their own dynamics. So it yeah, I don't know if that's what you're getting. No, at. it does. It's so interesting that you basically said that love can manifest physically in so many different ways. Yes. There is no consistent is kind of what I'm hearing. There's not. Yeah. Like sometimes the first kiss goes on for a while. Sometimes at one time it happens so fast. I didn't get it, to be honest. It was one of my first weddings. It was like this. <laughs> I was like, what just happened? But I think they were incredibly conservative and they didn't want that first kiss shot. It didn't seem anyways. They didn't care at all. So every couple is so different. There's some that are just, you know, making out the whole time that I have to be like, all right, let's, let's separate a little. I don't think you want all kissing photos. So especially with 2022, 20, I, um, you know, I've had backyard weddings. I've shot elopements. I've shot these grand ballroom events. It's, and sometimes weddings are so much about the family. Sometimes it's really about the friends. Sometimes it's just the two of them and me. Yeah. You brought up that the industry has changed this year. Do you want to talk about what your experience was pre and post COVID? And do you have any advice for people getting married? Like, I mean, both of us now. (laughs) I know we're both engaged. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I think there's this incredible relief for couples right after experiencing what has happened because there's no rules. Anything goes. You don't have this pressure anymore to have this grand event. You can if you want. And I think I secretly do want that, I've realized. But it can also just be, you know, you can just the two of you go to a courthouse and then have go to dinner at a hotel or, you know, have a have a dance party. It can be really anything you want. And I think that things have really shaken up from last year because people really had no choice but to reinvent their wedding if they wanted to tie the knot. So I guess my advice is do what feels best for you. And I think I was being influenced by all of this. I'm like, Michael, to my fiance, I'm like, should we just elope? Like, should we just, you know, do some things like, you know, I'm seeing all these amazing couples are doing and they're so inspiring. And I realized that's not what I want. I thought I did because it's just like easy and you can just, it's just about the two of you, but I do really want all my family, all my friends to be there. Yeah. I I want that moment because I've photographed it so many times and I see how special it is. And I think deep down, if I'm being honest with myself, I want the big wedding too. (laughs) Do you have a dream in your head after seeing all of these weddings? Like what is the girl that has seen every single wedding's wedding? That's a rom-com. We should write this. Your life. I know. It's true. It's like, I've seen so many and then it's like, now it's my turn. It was hard at first. I remember crying being like, I don't think I deserve a wedding. Like I'm just the girl behind the camera. And my mom's like, you need therapy. (laughs) But she was just kidding. Why did you feel that way? I've just been behind the lens so many times that you feel I, sometimes I feel like I'm a bystander and I'm not like, you know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it. But you just got to buy that ticket to the ball. Exactly. <laughs> and I know that. I know better than that. I mean, we're suckers for meet cute moments here. Are you willing to share your proposal story or a part of your love story? Oh, definitely. Yes. I met Michael when I was 19. And so we have been dating on and off for a long time because we are long distance. So It's been a journey. We've like grown up together since teenagers, really. But I think we both wanted to focus on our careers. And then when it was the right time, that's when we would get married. That was kind of like the understanding. And so, yeah, this past year or 2020, I could feel that it was coming, but I made a comment early on in the pandemic. I was like, can you believe people are getting engaged right now in a pandemic? And that like affected him because I think he was like about to propose. So he like put it on hold. (gasps) And then we realized this pandemic was never ending. And so we had a trip planned to Jackson Hole. We had never been there before. Have you been there? No, we were supposed to go like three times during this pandemic and inevitably something popped up. Oh, it's so beautiful. So yeah, it was our first full day in Jackson Hole and we spent the whole morning biking. We biked 30 miles. It was a big athletic feat for me. (laughs) And then um, he's like, all right, we have to get back to the hotel. And I didn't know why I was like, what is the rush? Like I planned this trip. We have nothing planned until tonight. So we get back to the hotel and he's like, okay, so um, we actually have to make this a quick lunch because you have a massage booked. I'm like, what? Like he's never booked a massage for me. So I kind of knew something was happening in that moment, but I made it easy for him and I didn't ask too many questions, but he was like, after the massage, I want you to get ready and meet me in the lobby at 530. I was like, get ready. Like what is happening? So I go get this massage and I try so hard to be quiet during the massage because I don't, but I like, I'm bursting and I want to tell a stranger about that. I think I'm about to get engaged. So I finally just like spill it out. I'm like, I think I'm about to get engaged. And she's like, so excited for me. We talked the entire time. It was not a relaxing massage. So she was the first to know. Yeah. Well, I just had this hunch and I needed to talk to someone about it. So naturally my masseuse became my confidant. (laughs) 
So then I go back to the hotel and I'm getting ready and I just like really enjoyed the moment. I knew this was coming and I was so tempted to call my mom or call friends, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to soak this in. And I remember I put on Casey Musgrave's golden hour and I took my time and I even watched a makeup tutorial. I was like, I got to figure this out. So I meet him in the lobby and he had this energy about him. He was so still and like so loving. And I was, I was just like, it's happening. Like we could both feel it. I get into our rental car Ford Fiesta. He opens the door (laughs) for me. It was very like, there was a moment. So we get in the car, we start driving through the Teton national park and it's golden hour. Everything is glowing. It's my favorite time of day. And about 10 minutes into the drive, he pulls out a love letter and he hands it to me. And it's like finely printed, like double-sided confessing his love for me. He wrote it out. It was beautiful. He's such a good writer. And I read it so fast. I'm such a crier and I just literally saw it and I like kind of like skimmed it almost and I just started sobbing and I like put it away and he was like I I planned for that to take at least 10 minutes because he was plotting out every minute of the drive but I just couldn't handle it. So then I noticed a car pull off the road suddenly and start following us. And I looked at him and I'm like, is there a car following us? And he just looks at me and he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then I learned it was a photographer. So I started sobbing more because the photographer never has a photographer. <laughs> so then we pull off at this random spot. And then this man also falls off and he grabs my hand. He takes me into the field and he started spinning me. I thought we were in like the sound of music. It was crazy. We were literally spinning in circles, like laughing hysterically and crying. And then, yeah, he got down on one knee. I blacked out. I don't really remember much of what he said, but it was really special. That was a long story. No, it was a gorgeous story. Are you kidding? I'm glad that you had your moment in front of the lens instead of behind it. I know. And that actually meant a lot to me when he, when I saw the photographer there, I was like, oh my God, he gets me. And it was also around the sunset, which I live for that time of day. And it was in nature. It was just Perfect. Well, that seems to be your thesis statement for life. I mean, you were even listening to Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour. And then you as a human, you just make every hour Golden Hour. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You've seen so many weddings in real life, and I'm sure you've seen them portrayed in a lot of romantic comedies. Are there any things that you're like, that never happens, or that's exactly the same, they nailed it? Do you see any consistencies or conflicts? I feel like there are some crazy things that happen at weddings, similar to movies. I need a story. What's up? Okay, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. This happened very early in my career, and I know that this couple will not be listening to this, so it's okay to say it. But yeah, basically, um, it was a woman who was getting remarried, and I think it was her third husband. But anyway, so it's time to cut the cake, okay? And the bride, as a nice gesture, let the daughter of her new husband help her. Yeah, so she was like, come behind me, and they were like cutting it together, and I'm there to capture it all. And all of a sudden, she takes the knife. I'm not kidding. And she just starts slicing up the cake a million times. <laughs> and she starts taking pieces of the cake and she starts chucking it at people. <gasps> the little girl. She was a grown woman. She was she was like probably in her 30s. The child of the husband was a yes. grown woman, but she started chucking cake. She was blackout drunk. And I don't think anyone realized how drunk she was. And she clearly did not want this marriage. And she just starts chucking cake as hard as she can, as fast as she can. It was a giant cake, just anyone in sight. It was insanity. I ran for my life. (laughs) 
And um, I remember going to the bathroom and she was sitting on top of the counter and people were trying to hold her down while she was kicking people. And I was full of cake. I had cake all over me. I was crazy. That was probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Oh my, do you have pictures of the cake flying through the air? I, I feel like I don't even think that was such a bizarre day, honestly. And yeah, I, I don't think I did get pictures of it. I was in survival mode. I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Oh my God. So that was a crazy story, right? Yes. I can't believe you lived to tell, tell the tale. I know. I know. It was terrifying. That does sound like it would happen in a rom-com though. For sure. I, I've seen some really cool things. It's been incredible. I've gotten to go to Paris. I've gotten to go to Mykonos and just like Capri takes me all over. It seems like the ideal life, honestly. Like you <laughs> live in a rom-com. You're the protagonist of your own rom-com. Do you have a favorite rom-com after having these life experiences just like one? Oh my gosh. So I loved romantic comedies growing up. I feel like I watched all of the ones that everyone loves, like 10 Things I Hate About You. I always loved that. I love She's All That. <laughs> I like Clueless. I like Bring It On. I like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I may have done my homework literally thinking for you what movies do I like? <laughs> but these are all classics. They're my favorite too. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Michael loves Jerry Maguire. So I recently saw that. That was so good. Yeah. I also, I don't know if this counts, but Legally Blonde is like my, was like my favorite when I was 12. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I feel like you're a real life Elle Woods. Well, that's a stretch, but I'll take it. I'll take it. No, no, no. Hear me out. You have this incredible business mind and then a kind of a Barbie-like exterior. I mean, you're just beautiful and blonde and bright and constantly dressed perfectly. That's what I mean by Barbie-like. Only for you, Ashley. I put on, you know, a nice, you know, no, that's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> no, but has being that person in life brought you any advantages or obstacles throughout your life and career? Because, I mean, we learned from Elle Woods. It's both sides of the coin, right? Yeah, I think when I was starting out, I really wanted to be taken seriously. And so that was so important to me. But I realized pretty quickly that I just was. And I'm not saying that to like brag, but I never felt being a female or looking the way I look got in my way. You know, like even being on that first tour with all men, I was literally one of the only females. And I was so nervous. I like was wearing a ponytail, a uniform. Like I was just like, I'm here to do my job. And like, Everyone was like, yeah, she is. I feel very lucky for that. I and, and when I started, it was predominantly men that were in the photo pit. But yeah, people people don't question you when you're there to do your job and you're you're doing your best at it. So, you know, it doesn't sound like luck, though. It sounds like you gave yourself the respect you wanted in the world first. Yeah. And then everyone else followed suit. Yeah. No, I think so. Well, I would like to talk guilty pleasure. OK. I secretly love Lisa Vanderpump and like all the Real Housewives shows. It's one of my biggest guilty pleasures. You work for her very consistently. Yes, I do. Do you have any favorite Lisa stories? Oh my gosh. I have been working with her for a long time. I would say like, it's just so much fun. I've, I've shot her with so many puppies. We'll have days where we bring like a bunch of puppies to the house because she works um, closely with a lot of different foundations to help animals. And so we'll bring them in. And it's just like a really fun day. She has ponies. Yeah. And I, it's literally me on the ground, just like trying to get all the dogs and the ponies and her and it's fun. Yeah, so she's a super nice person that I get to capture. God, it sounds like you're never in the same place. You are constantly in these beautiful, exotic places, shooting 
puppies, ponies, or bomb cake through the air. I know every day is different. And that's something I shoot so many different types of things. And I do sometimes wonder, should I be focusing maybe on one thing, like, you know, landscapes, but I really love it all. And I, I think they all come together and inform each other too. Like shooting a concert in such a high pressure environment helps me shoot a wedding and shooting a wedding and having to be on a strict schedule helps me shoot a commercial shoot. And like it all comes together. And also the people too, I'll, I'll shoot somebody's graduation photos and then I'll end up shooting their wedding. And then they're going to work for a company that it just, it all comes together. So I love doing a little bit of everything. It keeps it super interesting. We're glad you're doing it too. You're putting so much beauty into the world just through your work and through just being you. I have some audience questions. Are you willing to take them? Sure. All right. Naomi from Venice wrote in, I'm a bride of color looking to book a photographer, and I'm shocked by how many are uneducated in the different ways to light men and women of my complexion. What do you do to keep yourself educated on this front? And what questions should I be asking the photographers I meet with to make sure I get the best result possible? Huh. That's an interesting question. I... When you're hiring a photographer, you are hiring their editing style. And some people do not color true to life. They they, they have a, a very specific filter they use or preset. So some are very moody. Some are super dark. Some are super white and bright. So I would look for a photographer that shoots more true to life and isn't going to change your skin tone, not make it super what it's not. And that goes for any person. So I guess look at their work and see their work says it all. I always tell anyone looking for a wedding photographer and also you and what I'm doing Ask for a full gallery, ask for brides that look like you ask for a wedding that looks like the wedding you're trying to plan. And the pictures say a lot. So if you either like it or you don't. Yeah, they speak for themselves. They speak for themselves. Exactly. Adrian and Irvine would like to know what's your favorite wedding venue pre and post COVID? Ooh, I shoot a lot of weddings in Palm Springs. I always love Palm Springs because it's so colorful and I grew up in the desert. So those venues are like private estates are always so gorgeous, but pre COVID and post COVID, I guess post COVID anything goes is what I've said. So I recently actually even had an elopement in Anguilla. Can you believe it? I can't even say that. I can't even either. I don't even know if I said it right. <laughs> I didn't know where it was on a map, by the way. With one week's notice, the couple was like, hey, Betsy, would you be open to shooting our elopement in Anguilla? If you say yes, you're crazier than we even thought you were. And I wrote back, yes. And they were like, we love it. And it was a 14 hour flight to get there. And 14 hours back, I was wearing a mask. I was wearing a shield. I got like three COVID tests, but it was so beautiful. And it was, it was raining on their day. Um, but they were still so happy and so in love that it like did not matter. It was very touching. I was like tearing up. Like I just love them. So really any venue, I, I think anything goes as long as you two are together. You don't even have to wear a white dress anymore. It's just like about the love. Oh, all right. Anna in Portland would like to know what advice have you wanted to give a bride, but felt like it was out of line? I would say just enjoy your day. I had a bride once that was so upset that her dress wasn't falling the right way. It wasn't what she imagined. And she was so distraught as I would be too. I'm like a total perfectionist when it comes to that stuff, even a birthday dress. I'm like, there's a stain. So I get it, but it was really affecting her. And even driving up to the ceremony, she was just so sad about it. And she actually reached out like a few weeks ago. It's been years now. And she was like, remember how upset I was on my wedding day about my dress? She's like, I can't believe I got let that get to me 
she was like, I never felt more beautiful. I feel like that's a story of like, you're going to obsess about these like little things that like do not matter at all. Um, my advice would be just to look at the big picture and it's really just about you and your other person, like the family drama, all that there will be drama, you know, some aunt's going to be texting you like, you know, it's just, there's always (laughs) going to be something, but it's just, it's just about you and your person and your vows and seeing people profess their love. I cried. (laughs) Okay. We have the lightning round. Oh no. Okay. I had my coffee. Here we go. Would you rather have a one minute convo with your past self or your future self? Ooh, I would say my past self. What is the best vacation you've ever taken? Oh, Costa Rica. I, it was just full of adventure and relaxation, like the perfect balance. What is your favorite subject you've ever shot? Oh, I would say live music. I just think it's so exciting and I love music. And then fill in the blank. When I dance, I look like. (laughs) Oh, okay. Rapid fire, rapid fire. When I dance, I probably look like my golden retriever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Poppy's gorgeous. So that makes sense. (laughs) And then finally, what is the greatest act of love you have ever witnessed? Oh, I would say my parents' love just to let me come here on my own. Like that was such an act of love. And when people hear my story about how I came out here on my own, they think the opposite. They're like, you must've been a terrible kid. Like, did your parents disown you? But it truly was the opposite. They just love me so much. And they cared so much that they let me fly away. And like, I don't know how they did that. I literally will never understand. I will cry thinking about it. You're really lucky to have that kind of love in your life. Thank you. You too. Your mom's amazing too, Gail. I know. You're not the first (laughs) guest to say that. That's what she is. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan. Betsy, if people want to see your work, where can they find it? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram. Bets Newman is my handle. The Betsy was taken. Sometimes clients think my name is Bets, but it's not what I go by. It's just the handle I was able to get. And then my website is BetsyNewman.com. BetsyNewman.com. I love you. I love you. Thank you for making every hour golden hour. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. This was, this made my day. Oh, Betsy Newman. My heart is so full after speaking with her. Betsy told you where to find her, but I really encourage you to look up her website or Instagram because her photographs, we didn't talk about it too much, but the way she captures light and color uh, makes me feel feel like I'm looking at a fairy tale fantasy. Betsy and I talked about 10 things I hate about you. She's all that, one of the best. Legally Blonde, Jerry Maguire. And she also brought up Lisa Vanderpump, who I'm sure has some show on some network somewhere. That woman is a hustler and she does it well wearing pink. Uh, If you guys are looking for some meet cute entertainment this week, possibly about marriage, Check out Meet Cute Story Visa Marriage wherever you get your podcasts. You know, and while you're looking up podcasts, click over to what she's having and leave us a rating or review us and subscribe to us. And after you finish with that, DM us. We need more questions for our upcoming guests. And we need more Meet Cutes. And we need just more of you in general. Thank you so much for your time today. I have had, well, like I said, every moment with Betsy Newman is golden hour. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm Ashley Eskew and... I'll have what she's having. <laughs>